0: These days, it seems like everyone's a movie critic, but sometimes when we listen to the critics, we miss out on the joys to be found in watching bad films. That's where we come in. In Defense Of is a movie podcast where we watch universally panned movies on purpose and challenge ourselves to focus on the positive and redeeming qualities of those films. Maybe it's the music, cinematography, acting, or just some unintentional humor. Sometimes, it will be really easy, especially if we already like the film in question. But other times, it's going to be really, really hard. Either way, we're bound and determined to find something worth liking, and might even learn a thing or two along the way. So take off your cynic pants and buckle your seatbelts. In this episode, we play devil's advocate in defense of 2003's Gigli. Hello and welcome to In Defense Of. On this episode, we're looking at 2003's Geely, which, Aaron, is the cinematic equivalent of Doing Your Taxes.
1: (laughs) It is the best movie you'll ever watch.
0: (laughs) Aaron, uh, this this movie is like proof of concept. You know, when we talked about doing this podcast about finding... Things to like about terrible films. I don't think we were prepared. No, for for Gigli. No, not at all. This
1: was a struggle <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, this is a total struggle. This this is like proof of concept. If we can make, if we can find something here, um, then I think literally any other movie will be easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here we go. the The Holy Grail is set before us. Um. Gosh, so. Aaron, when when was the first time you saw Gigli? Oh, so I I I've never seen Gigli. Um,
1: I purely watched it. First time watching it was for this episode that we are recording now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Apart from that, all I've ever heard was uh just all the negative negative comments and things that were surrounding this movie. But other than that, I knew nothing about it
0: yeah same here i I knew nothing about it I know that we had um in preparation for this podcast we kind of created we curated a list of movies to take a crack at and this one stood out to me I'd never seen it i'd I'd always heard about it and up until forty eight hours ago was calling it giggly I had no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I knew about yeah same with you like I knew there was a lot of buzz around how bad it was and uh just how how monumentally unsuccessful it was, but I didn't understand why and, of course, never watched it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Aaron, I got to tell you, man, this was, this movie's worst crime is being so long yes. and drawn out. Yes. This movie's two hours long. I don't and know
1: how they made this movie two hours long. They stretched it out way too much.
0: Every single scene in this film lasts about three times yeah. as long as it should. And and some of the stuff that happens in this film is so cringy, so mind-boggling that you just about like it, it, it's like it's like watching a high school play crash and burn in <laughs> front of you. Like you just you're shaking your head, wondering what the heck you're watching. Where are you going? It's turkey time, huh?
1: yeah I had to watch this movie in two parts because it was that painful to get through
0: yeah, yeah I hear you we uh if I put it this way if I didn't if we didn't research this and and dig into why it turned out the way it did, um I would have easily dismissed this as probably the worst film I'd ever seen in my life mm-hmm. like it's it's that bad yeah um anyway, so Aaron. What is G? What is Geely about?
1: Um. So is Geely G-, G Jiggly G? No. G- <laughs> I like have the hardest time with that. Hey, uh, it's Geely. Yeah, it get-
0: rhymes with really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to get like the uh, mafia Jersey accent, on. Uh, I'm not good at it though. Uh, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Too,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so this movie uh, stars Jennifer lopez i almost said jennifer aniston um <laughs> and ben affleck and yeah yeah so it's 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 kind of supposed to be a mobster type movie but with like a love romance in it that's obviously between jennifer lopez and uh ben affleck uh mm-hmm. so in the movie ben affleck is a gangster uh, kind of like a, I wouldn't put him as a hitman. Maybe like an enforcer of a mob boss of some sort. And yeah, then, yeah, uh, kind of
0: seemed like a goon.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely a goon. I, th- I feel like goon is the perfect word to <laughs> describe him in this movie. Um, and Jennifer Lopez is like a third party contractor that gets hired on to uh, help him because Ben Affleck is a bit of a bumbling like fool in this movie. <laughs> And he's incapable yeah. of doing anything like on his own that the mob boss doesn't even trust him. So he hires, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Lopez. Um, so in the movie, they essentially steal a handicapped person that has some sort of mental disability from a, mm-hmm. from a home and they hold him ransom because they're trying to blackmail someone. Um, the person that they're blackmailing is like so, do you remember what he was like His the title of the
0: yeah he was a federal prosecutor
1: yeah and so they're so I guess this federal prosecutor is trying to um, try to prosecute like a major mob boss and uh, yeah. they thought it would be a good idea to handicap his, or sorry to kidnap his handicapped brother and then use him as a ransom to drop the charges against the major mob boss. And you only find that out in the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. And from probably an hour and a half is just cringy awkwardness between Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck.
0: Yeah, about 90% of this film takes place... In his apartment, in in Geely's apartment, Ben Affleck's apartment. Yeah. Um, Which I'm not sure. I think it's a soundstage, but I'm not sure. I have my suspicions that that whole thing's just, yeah, some of the lighting is really bad. So, Okay, so this movie currently sits on Rotten Tomatoes at a 6% critical rating which is disturbing for two reasons. One is that 6% of critics gave this movie a positive review. And two is because this is a higher rating than The Master of Disguise.
1: <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Master of Disguise was
1: 1%. I can't believe that.
0: Yeah, that's that's really upsetting to me for a number of different reasons. Um diving in the whole time I was watching it, I was trying to decide what genre this film was. Yeah. And at first, watching it, going into this film kind of blind, I for sure thought it was a romantic comedy. Yeah. And so when I sat down, and all of a sudden, people—I don't—I don't even know how many times they use the F word in the first five minutes of this film. Oh, but let
1: me let me tell you—I I read okay. something here. And, yeah. uh, let me just find it. It was, sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute here. I just got to find so, it. So
0: immediately within the first five minutes, I know that this film is rated R. Yeah. And so then I start asking myself, what, what, what is going on? Like, what is this? Is it because the, like the opening scene if it wasn't for the goofy music, it would almost feel like a Quentin Tarantino film. You have Ben Affleck monologuing to a guy that he's about to stick in a washing machine. Yeah. And the the music, it's it's so tonally confusing that your brain just like... You know, like your brain just goes nuts trying to figure out what am I watching? Is this, is this romantic? Is it a comedy, like a dark comedy, like a lethal weapon style movie? Or is it like a, a gangster film straight up? Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt here for a quick second.
1: Uh, The F word is used 124 times.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: That's and I find it hilarious that in the IMDB trivia that, that is one of the trivia like facts about this movie.
0: You know how many times they said the F word in Scarface? No idea. Two hundred and seven.
1: Wow, and that's that's approaching on Scarface.
0: That's that's bizarre. For a movie, for a Ben Affleck Jennifer Lopez vehicle, that is in itself a such a bizarre thing to me. Yeah. So already they're eliminating, they're alienating like a huge swath of their audience by saying this movie's rated R. Mm -hmm. Um, The production of this film, yeah, like I said, 90% of it takes place in his apartment. And people tend to just come and go, like walk onto the scene and then leave. And then they're never seen again in this film. Case in point, Christopher Walken, Aaron.
2: Yeah. Go down to Marie Callender's. Get me a big bowl of pie. Some ice cream on it. Mm Mmm, good. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? Sure?
0: What the actual hell? Christopher Walken is in this movie for one scene. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like they pulled in
0: favors or something. And then near the end of the film, guess who else shows up? Al Frickin' Pacino shows yeah. up for one scene. <laughs> and, and and in that scene, he he shoots someone square in the head. Okay. Yeah. And then their brains leak into a fish tank, and then the fish eat the
1: brain. <laughs> yeah. By far the best scene of the whole entire movie
0: right there. Wow. Well, so so shocking yeah so okay so you and me we both did some digging obviously let's um let's start with the director Aaron because I know I know you dug a lot about like what what this movie was supposed to be and then what it ended up being so let's let's start to find out let's start by dissecting what the heck happened here
1: okay so Martin Brest rest that's how you say it right Yeah, I think so. Um, So he essentially wanted to make a mob style movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I guess Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck has started their relationship. And the studio company wanted to cash in on their relationship and Mm -hmm. uh, try to milk it for whatever money that they could and and in, so, instead of getting probably what the director wanted as a gritty mobster style movie, which kind of comes out in a few scenes um yeah. he got stuck with this movie that just did not mesh because it was just kind of getting spread thin uh focusing between like their relationship and then also but you can't like you can't um you can't make a movie. Where it's like you're supposed to like the characters and they're supposed to be all like lovey and whatnot and then also make them violent and murderers at the same time.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. All while tackling supercharged issues throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sprinkled throughout this film. You know what's wild to me? In In a day and age where celebrities are getting like burnt at the stake career wise because mm-hmm. of old tweets they sent and stuff like that. It yeah. is incredible to me that Ben Affleck still has a career today after this film. Yeah. Um, case in point, some of the stuff that comes up in this film. So be- before I, re- before we even get to that, um, Aaron, th- the director of this film, Martin Brest, he, he directed like Beverly Hills cop with Eddie Murphy and Midnight Run, and Meet Joe Black, and Scent of a Woman, um, and even Spies Like Us, which is a pretty fun film at the time. Like he, th- these are all right films that he did before this. Mm-hmm. But Geely was the last film he ever directed. Yeah. His experience on this film was so bad that he literally retired from directing.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, what I read here is. Some people say he's in a hiatus, but essentially is a nice way of saying that he's no longer making movies because it was so terrible. <laughs> so much bad backlash.
0: 2003. Yeah, that's a bit of a hiatus. That's a, that's just a little bit of time. Oh, this poor guy. I can just imagine him having this vision, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and then the studio. And, and by the way, the studio, um, it's Columbia, right? Which yes. is ultimately under the sony banner. Yeah, you know, just from like a quality standpoint, I feel like Columbia and Sony do put out a lot of crap. Mhm. I don't know why, but it just seems like that's the case. I've never whenever I see the Sony logo attached to a film, I'm always very very skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> very true. I'm always I'm always like, "Ooh, it's like that sign of quality where you're like, oh, "Okay, we're in for something here." I don't know quite what. Yeah. So so that's essentially um the breakdown here. Now, I was wondering um at what point in time the Benefer agenda started getting pushed in this film. Benefer, I forgot about that. That's good. Cuz there was like a lot of violent stuff in this film. There yeah. was a lot of swearing. Yeah. And and the music, for sure, did not make any sense with what was happening on screen. Yeah. So, gosh, I was trying to figure out at what point in time the studio said, oh, you know what, we could actually make a whole bunch more money on this film if you made them an item. Um, But that's really problematic for a number of different reasons. The first being that, yes, this movie's rated R, and in our movie in 2003, did not make a lot of money, just as a general rule. Also, Aaron, can we talk about their characters?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, so but the way I understood it, uh, watching the movie, Ben Affleck's character, Larry Geely, he was mm-hmm. kind of a bumbling idiot, not very confident um, in his ways and anything he did. And he just ultimately looked lost, and like he was searching for something. Uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez's character, and sorry, I don't remember her name.
0: Ricky. Ricky. Oh. She has a real name, but yeah. I, I didn't even write it down because it doesn't really matter. Uh, I
1: think it was like Rochelle or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, Rochelle is for sure what it was.
1: Um, her character is kind of strong, independent woman. Mm -hmm. And when they meet, the way way that it works out throughout the course of the movie is that she is his saving grace and helps him become, like, a better man. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's true. Now, Ricky, her character is a lesbian, which I had no idea going into this film. No, neither did I. That really surprised me because I thought it was going to be a lot more straightforward than it ended up being. So Ricky's a lesbian, and yeah, Ben Affleck, yeah, he's, you know, he's, like, in this world, but he doesn't really seem like he belongs there. He does this whole tough tough, tough guy shtick, mm-hmm. but as they kind of push in the movie, he's sort of softer than that. He's a lot softer than that. Yeah. There's even this really hysterical scene when he has his shirt off in the bathroom and he's flexing and <laughs> doing all this stuff. Yeah. And he's just like, I mean, this guy went on to play Batman, which is amazing to me because in this scene, you're just like, oh gosh, no, like he (laughs) looks so like wimpy and it's just so (laughs) sad to watch. But yeah, I did not, I did not expect that. And then of course, yeah, in their custody is this intellectually challenged, um, uh, guy that, well, at first he calls him Bob, and then I think his real, what was his real name, Aaron? Do you have his real name?
1: Oh, uh,
0: yeah, give me a second here. Brian. Brian. So, Brian is the name of the federal prosecutor's son, who's intellectually brother, yeah? Brother. Brother. Sorry, not son, brother. So, you, yeah, so in in this apartment 90 percent of this movie takes place between a lesbian uh ben affleck being trying to be a tough gangster and an intellectually challenged individual um who's not played by an intellectually challenged individual um even though they had a bunch of intellectually challenged individuals on set um you know for for that scene where they pulled him out of that home where he was staying that institution where he was staying yeah so already this movie is walking on like some crazy eggshells and it crosses a ton of like just mind-boggling lines. Ooh, it's almost stressful to talk about. <laughs> yeah, he's Brian the Handicap.
1: He was by far the best actor in this movie.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. The only I think the only thing about his performance that that bugged me was that he Rationalized and explained himself a lot. Yeah, he seemed he seemed very high functioning most of the time.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but again, yeah, as far as as far as performance goes, he definitely did the best job with the material he was given for sure. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple things I have in my notes here, um, just to kind of get out of the way before we can start talking about some positive stuff here. The, the first one was there's this scene. Which blew my mind, where where um, Ricky's lesbian lover oh, okay. bursts into <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my god, bursts into the apartment, um, goes on a, a ranting tirade against Gilly, saying, "Is this what you want? Is this what you need? This man, this blah 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 blah." Thinking that she automatically assumes that Ricky's cheating on her, yeah, Uh and then. Oh my God. She goes to the kitchen, grabs a knife and slits her (laughs) wrist. Yeah. (laughs) So like extreme. Oh my God. (laughs) And and the next scene is like, boom, we're in a hospital. And then boom, that character is out of the movie for the rest of the film. (laughs) Yeah. She's Uh, just gone. When, that was,
1: (laughs) when, uh, when, uh, ricky jennifer lopez was uh said she was a lesbian i thought originally i thought it was like oh oh she's making an excuse because here's this dopey guy that she's really not into and Mm -hmm. uh she doesn't she obviously doesn't want to have a romantic relationship with it it's not uncommon for women to say like oh like i'm a lesbian Mm -hmm. um and then that scene happened and i and i was just sitting there like i guess she's a lesbian I guess she's a lesbian. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I guess, and, yeah. and and her partner doesn't seem to know what she does for work. Yeah.
1: Well, like, I, not I, even.
0: A... I guess the
1: her lesbian partner there was some psycho. They weren't together anymore, and she left her, and mm. she stalked her and showed up. But what I don't understand, and this is this is probably the biggest pothole f- plot hole for me, um, <laughs> yeah. is that. They they abduct this handicapped guy Brian and they yeah. take him back to his apartment and federal agents aren't able to find find this kid and <laughs> no one like comes barking to, like you know trying to look for him trying to get him back or anything but yet there's this lesbian partner <laughs> that finds them and, like yeah. I don't know it just,
0: just just bursts on the scene just out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and the scene at the end also didn't make any sense, too, because uh, with Mm -hmm. Al Pacino and him going like, oh, like, you think it's all right to steal a federal prosecutor's brother? Like, you have the whole FBI on my back. And so if the whole entire FBI is on your back, like, wouldn't they be looking for the kid?
0: Mm hmm. sorry yeah exactly because in the context of this film everything that doesn't happen in that apartment is told to us not shown to us yeah and that that frustrated the heck out of me because there's um probably the most cathartic thing for me in this film was at the end there you know well spoilers alert obviously this this episode's full of spoilers but it was so cathartic to have al pacino just Yell at these two characters. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> just <laughs> I was I was I was thinking to myself, I, I uh, uh, my wife Bree watched it with me and I said to her, I said, Do you think that Christopher Walken and Al Pacino got a different copy of the script than everyone else? <laughs> Cause like they are playing it to the rafters, like just you know, like acting their balls off in this film. <laughs> like, yeah. Mr. Stockman.
2: I know my fucking name! You piece of shit! You don't try to extort a federal fucking prosecutor. And if you do, you don't fuck around.
0: Al Pacino's just yelling and screaming and and he looks like Ray Romano for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, it was the perfect like uh wrap up to this film. Um Oh gosh. What else do I have? Okay, one more scene I want to talk about and then we can uh before we kind of change gears here was Aaron when when they're in the hospital and Ben Affleck needs to uh get a thumb, because yeah. they, they they're told that they need to cut the thumb off of um Oh, why do I keep forgetting his name? Brian. Brian, they have to cut the thumb off Brian to send it as sort of like a message. You mm-hmm. know, um, they don't want to do it, so while they're at the hospital, they uh, Ben Affleck s- sneaks into sort of not really a morgue, but like uh, I guess just like a room.
1: I, I, I think you could
0: call it like a morgue or I
1: guess a holding area for dead bodies in a hospital,
0: yeah, holding exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone's lunch is sitting there, <laughs> um. Yeah. Someone's lunch is sitting there in the morgue Uneaten Just and ben, Can barely talk about this Ben Affleck uh, Picks up a plastic knife Yeah And proceeds to Cut the thumb off of a dead body Using the plastic knife While Brian starts singing I like big butts oh, yeah. By Sir Mix-a-Lot <laughs> Yeah I I, I genuinely, this movie is worth watching for this scene alone because <laughs> it it just was, like, shocking. I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I was also, like, why is there a lunch in there,
0: first of all? I like, know! Like, I, <laughs> hey, I'm
1: just going to go eat my lunch with a dead body. It's like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Can you imagine being that immune to death that you're just, mm-hmm. like, sitting on the, you know, sitting there eating your freaking, like, Meatball sub while staring at some cadavers, and then the Porter. meatball like falls onto the cadaver, and you <laughs> scoop it off and eat it. Like up five second rule, yeah.
1: And then on top of that, you're in a hospital. You can find a better instrument to cut a thumb off, like better than a plastic knife.
0: Why is it that that had to happen? You could there could have easily just been a tray with scalpels yes, and things on it.
1: Yes. I don't understand. What was the purpose of that? It makes no sense.
0: Oh my God. I don't know, but someone's going to be pissed when they come back from break and find out that, you know, hey, yeah, <laughs> wasn't, Where's my knife? No, what you, don't, hey. what you don't
1: know is the guy was just sleeping somewhere in there among the dead bodies. And he's oh, gonna, my God. He's, he's just in the up, corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, uh, I'm just going to
2: pretend I'm dead right now. There's this uh, common misconception out there yeah. that the movie didn't somehow do well or wasn't no. well received. People think that, Jeff. No. Yes, they do. I know it seems crazy to you and Kevin. Well, what's up, man? But, uh, what's up, man? Yeah, I see you. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to just <clears throat> kind of uh, set aside some of these misconceptions and right. read some of the love that I've gotten from uh, are the press corps of America, the reviews for the movie. Oftentimes, they'll put them in the advertisements, yeah. and I'm going to go ahead and plug the movie now because it is still out. So I'd, like you, these are, I'd like you to these hear. Are, these are actual reviews? These are actual reviews right, that right. I culled because right. I you know, pay attention to these Let's things for the movie. <clears throat> so I'm going to read these, and you let me know if you think it sounds like something you want to see. <clears throat> such an utter wreck of a movie (laughs) you expect to see it lying on its side somewhere in rural pennsylvania with a small gang of engineers circling and a wisp of smoke rising from the caboose (laughs) hold on that that, that was a mistake i I didn't mean to pull that one this speculating that the 3.8 million dollars Gili earned at the box office came from the purchase of two 1.9 million dollar tickets purchased by ben and jen That was bumps television. I, don't, I want to give credit where credit's due here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> A black hole, Gili. A black hole that sucks reputations, careers, and goodwill <laughs> down its vortex. <laughs> Fair, so, 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 so. Gili is so horrible, I had to go clean my palate afterward by watching Glitter. Wow. You, know, you yeah. don't see that every day. That's not finished. A bigger mess than the Exxon Valdez. Geely. will, this is true, I couldn't make this up. Geely will appeal to celebrity gawkers and the certifiably insane. <laughs> if, if that's not an endorsement, I mean, uh, save $10 in your dignity. Geely is at war with itself and no one wins. <clears throat> this the second to last one, is Affleck and Lopez are so taken with each other they don't need an audience. Good thing, because they're not going to get one, not with this stinker. My favorite, my favorite review though, the best one I have to say, that was Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. Very nice, touche. Um, was the New York Times ran a headline after the box office was uh, less than we'd hoped. Uh, so the headline was, "Ben and Jennifer finally get some privacy."
0: <laughs> so, Aaron, if we're if we're looking for redeeming qualities in this in this. In this mess, because it truly is a mess. There's no doubt about it. Any any yeah. anyone would say that this is a misguided mess of a film. Um th- this movie has three Academy Award winners in it. Yeah. Um. Which is insane to me. But if we're if we're talking about redeeming qualities, the basis of of this podcast. Um What's there to redeem? Why should anyone ever, for the his, in the history of this universe, watch this film? <laughs> uh,
1: so, so like, I, uh, what I was saying is Ben Affleck, yeah, bumbling idiot, doesn't really know where he belongs, kind of fumbling his way through life, trying to figure out. So, at one part in the movie, there is a sort of a monologue that uh, Ricky Jennifer Lopez's character gives. Uh, gives a little bit of a speech to him about masculinity and uh, just about how men are always, men are always painted to be like a certain way, like a tough guy, hide your feelings deep down. And Mm -hmm. so what I was thinking is that is still a very large issue of today where us as men are, you know, basically taught to hide our feelings and whatnot. And, Mm I like that the movie actually brings this to brings this to light here um, because and I like the fact that Ben Affleck's character also plays very strong into this. And Mm -hmm. apart from I think if they would have kind of dropped the whole lesbian side of uh, of Ricky, um, then it would have made it a bit more impactful.
0: I don't know. What do, I think yeah. so. I, I kind of wish, you know, another spoiler, I guess, you know, they end up together at the end. And I kind of wish they didn't. I, w- I wish that Ben Affleck's character, because by the end, he's set on a new path, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. he's out. And they they spared Brian. They spared his his thumb. They spared him completely. And they helped him fulfill his dream, which was to be on the set of Baywatch. Um, it wasn't quite Baywatch, but it was, you know, the next best thing, which is a bunch of people partying on the beach, I suppose. Um, you know, and that, that to me, I, it was a nice message. Um, Jenna, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, they have this, there's this one scene while she's doing yoga where they have this sort of argument back and <laughs> forth. First, Ben Affleck does this big monologue about men and the penis and sexual prowess and how you know it's perfection and stuff and then Jennifer Lopez Ricky just completely like eviscerates his argument and does what is it could be laughably bad but it's also fairly eloquent speech about how he's wrong and how Mm -hmm. you know how he's taking femininity for granted and then she, she, she bugs him about the way he looks at his fingernails and stuff like that you know, because when we meet Ben Affleck, his whole attitude is in every relationship there's a bull and a cow and I'm a bull and you're the cow kind of thing. Um, but by the end of the movie he is flipped on that completely and realizes that, well, actually, you know what, maybe he's more of the cow and that he needs to embrace his his softness and stop acting like such a tough guy. Yeah. Um which is a surprising takeaway from a movie like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of a nice little uh side side bit to pull out of this movie given how bad it is.
0: Yeah. This movie has a budget of 75.6 million dollars. Um where and it made 7.3 million dollars at the box office. Oh, horrible. It got pulled in its first week. Yeah, it it disappeared everywhere real real fast um Aaron where did the budget go do you think it was just to pay salaries is that all it was
1: uh well 12 million went to Jennifer Lopez and 12.5 million went to Ben Affleck hmm. um and then i'm assuming everything else went into that baywatch scene Hmm. i yeah <laughs> yeah,
2: <'Cause>, yeah.
1: <laughs> because between the apartment and um the scene with Al Pacino. It, there really wasn't anything
0: else. Hmm. Um. Another thing to note, which is kind of funny, was Halle Berry was initially uh, the role was originally given to her, but she stepped out because she was filming X two X Men. Yeah. Um. That to me, I think, was the key to this movie's downfall. In terms of what happened. I think if Halle Berry had played that character, they wouldn't have went for the romance side to, you know, because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been the Benefer thing, and this movie would have turned out a lot differently. Yeah. And I don't know, like Halle Berry, she's pretty badass on screen. Um I'm really stoked to see what she does in John Wick 3 coming out right away here. So mm-hmm. like that to me would have been a totally different movie. And I definitely would have enjoyed watching Halle Berry bust Ben Affleck's balls a lot a little more than yeah than you know
1: it would have almost almost been uh what is that movie swordfish you remember that movie with uh, Hugh Jackman Halle Berry and I think John Travolta is in it yeah yeah and she plays like a really strong uh woman character that actually busts like Hugh Hugh Jackman's balls in it um Mm -hmm. yeah so if she would have brought that type of character to this movie I completely agree Completely different movie.
0: Mm -hmm. Because even in the original draft, I found out that in the original draft of the movie, it was shot that Geely dies. Oh, really? Yeah. And the test audience hated it. Well, hated that part, I guess. I don't know who the test audience was, but they didn't like that. And so they reshot the ending where... It's a big happy family kind of thing. I think in the original ending, it was just Ricky who dropped off Brian at the Baywatch and then drove off into the sunset. But the idea was that Zhili had found redemption. Um, mm. and I think it was even a self-sacrificing act, like he said he stepped in front to save Brian or something. And so, by it was, it was sort of the ultimate, um, him not you know doing the toughest thing mm-hmm. he, he could but also the most noble thing which also i think would have made this movie a little better yeah. um it's th- this movie's here's the thing it's really easy to look at this film and judge it for what ended up on screen but mm-hmm. and maybe we're reaching who knows but when you start to judge this movie for what it could have been and and for what actually happened it is super fascinating yeah, and as far as like if you're a film buff, I think, I think you need to see this film just for the sake of what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of where it stands in Hollywood, how this changed people's careers, it, it, it's it's really a piece of Hollywood history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you de- it definitely should be on your list to watch. Yeah, if nothing else, just for the sport of it, you know. Yeah,
1: one thing that I want to get off my chest here is, <laughs> as as a society, I feel I feel that we need to be better, um, in the sense that this studio thought that people would eat up Jennifer Lopez's relationship with Ben Affleck enough to make a movie about it, and what does that say about us? That we we feed into this stuff. And uh mm-hmm. if we didn't feed into this stuff, we probably would have got a way better movie on top of that. It also just completely ruined the director's career. completely and, and um I would like i like if we get more listeners, we gotta start a GoFundMe page for this guy so that he oh can make he can make the movie that
0: he wanted to.: Oh my goodness, yeah, actually, can you imagine? yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, this movie—it's as if it's as if like the editorial staff of People Magazine kicked down the door of a Lethal Weapon movie when it was in mid-production and said, "Hey, <laughs> we've got news!" And you're like, yeah. "What? What is this?" Yeah, it is, yeah, definitely. So, what we're saying is justice for Martin Brest. Is that our? Is that what we need? Yeah, we need that. Watch it for him.
1: Um, maybe we could get some good buzz going around him and he'll come out of hiding and make another movie. But it's just sad. It's so sad because, like, this guy probably poured his heart into it, poured, like, everything he had into making a movie, and it just completely shit the bed.
0: So, Martin Brust directed Scent of a Woman, which scored 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an Al Pacino film that won Al Pacino the Best Actor Oscar for that year. He did Midnight Run, which scored 96%. He did Beverly Hills Cop, which is 82%, and ultimately skyrocketed Eddie Murphy to like international stardom. He also did Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is also a cult classic, 78%. And he directed Going in Style, an 82% film. The only two stinkers he really had was this, and Meet Joe Black, which actually I haven't seen Meet Joe Black. So um this is a talented director. He knows what he's doing, and mm-hmm. he has the power to like make or break people's careers, even his own, apparently. You can tell he's a passionate guy because if he wasn't a passionate director, you know, you wouldn't quit after having a bomb film. Yeah. If he just cared about paychecks, if he just cared about keeping his career going and didn't care about the actual um What's the word I'm looking for? The integrity behind his art and his craft? He would probably still be making movies today. Yeah. Which tells me that he got robbed. You know what I'm saying? hmm
1: And uh, yeah. just even reading all the comments and the trivia and stuff, like everyone who was on the set of the movie just had glowing reviews of him. He st- just sounds like an amazing person.
0: Oh, this poor guy. This poor, poor guy. This is why I hate... I, I, this this is the kind of stuff that always drives me nuts when I think about like Columbia movies and like anything under that banner because the studio interference is just outrageous. Yeah, um, I don't know where this movie stands. In terms of studio logic, like if they always did stuff like this, so they just started doing stuff like that around this time when they realized that gossip columns could sell tickets. But evidently not, because no one went and saw this flippin' film. It yeah. made no money. Yeah. It was almost like a creepy social experiment, you know? But after... They probably, Sorry, go ahead. They probably sold more magazines than they did movie tickets off this stinking film.
1: Yeah. Did, uh, did... There there hasn't been a movie that's came out since that has tried to capitalize on, uh, like, a celebrity
0: relationship. Has there? I would argue maybe that Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had a very similar um, Uh, tone. But they didn't hook up
1: until after, or it was during on set when they hooked up.
0: That's true. Um... What about the Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston? Were they together in real life when that happened? No, no. No? I
1: think, oh, I want to say that is the time that she was dating Brad Pitt, I think.
0: Okay. And then, uh,
1: yeah, it was later down the road that I think they had a
0: relationship guaranteed there's someone listening to this right now just screaming at their at their (laughs) device because they know of at least a couple films where this has happened since but i just can't think of any off the top of my head yeah i i get them confused i really do because like the hollywood dating scene is such a revolving door sometimes it's so hard to keep track of who's with who but yeah no i don't know if this has to this degree where like the entire premise of the film changed because two people were dating i i Maybe Geely was like the lesson to be learned, and that's why it never really came up again or happened again. Yeah.
1: Oh, what about that Miley, uh, Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth movie? No, th- oh. I think I think they started dating after that movie as well. Did they?
0: Uh, See, I'm there's a sure. lot of instances where movies bring people together. Yeah, a lot, a lot. But I don't know if it's based. I don't off think the of... movies. Yeah, I don't know if they changed fundamentally to the degree that this did. It's very interesting, though. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know what the studio logic was behind this, why they thought it would work. If this movie was rated PG or PG-13, I think they probably would have sold a few more tickets. Yeah. Um, would it have been a better movie? I don't think so necessarily, but you know, maybe softening the dialogue a bit with without such harsh words that they throw around in this film. Mhm. It it probably would have made it a little easier to a little more palatable, you know. Yeah.
1: Maybe him dying at the end too probably would have ended up being a better movie.
0: I think so. You know what's also really mind-boggling about this film is the composer that did the music was John Powell. Um, who's like in terms of composing, another one of those like Hollywood royalty guys, like he did solo a Star Wars story. He did uh Jason Bourne, Ice Age Rio, How to Train Your Dragon, like all that kind of stuff. Like a lot of the the plucky, upbeat kids movie stuff, you know, all the Kung Fu Panda kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, He did Hancock, he did Jumper, Born Ultimatum, and that's some good, that's some pretty good music. Oh, he yeah. did the music for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No kidding. Look at that. Um, he's He's composed tons and tons of films. I think like over almost 80 films he's composed for. What's bizarre is when I watched this film, all the music sounded like it came out of a can. Like it was super generic and, and plucky and, you know, mm-hmm. I was very surprised to hear that in researching this because I was like, I wonder who did the music for this? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this, that's, that's bizarre. It almost sounded like it was a bunch of his like sketchbook ideas, like a bunch of B tracks that he just kind of, eh, I'll use this. Why not? Yeah. It's like they didn't even try. I think so. I think they
1: really didn't. You think that at some point they realized that the studio was just interjecting too much and they, they gave up and were just like, well, we'll just do the best with what we have.
0: Um, I think so. Yeah. I I think what happened, if I'm looking at it from like a, a filmmaking point of view, I think what happened was they, the studio probably had some sort of agenda saying, this is how much runtime has to be devoted to these two characters interacting. This is, has to be their screen time. Mm-hmm. And so Martin Brass was saying, well, that's an awful lot of screen time. Um, and maybe Ben and Jen had it in their contracts where it was like, you know, I will we'll do this movie if I'm on screen for this much, if I'm making this much, those kind of things. So Like, who really knows? But then I think what happened was the director was like, okay, well, there's this entire B-plot happening. You have Christopher Walken's character who was apparently investigating this and was really on to Gigli, like really had his number. And his scene was like one of those like movie stealing kind of scenes where you're like, oh my God, like what's happening? Yeah. And then same with Al Pacino. There's all this off-camera action happening that you think would have been awesome to see, but... It's almost as if it hit the cutting room floor just so they could spend more time on Ben and Jen. Yeah. I don't think it's stuff that didn't get filmed. I think it's stuff that was truly just lopped out of the film. Hmm. That would make sense. Because when I look at the budget of this film and what ended up on screen, I'm thinking that there was a lot more. Yeah. Like... You probably had Christopher walking, knocking on doors. You probably had Al Pacino interrogating people and taking phone calls and maybe even opening the envelope of the thumb and realizing it wasn't his thumb. All that stuff probably did get filmed for this budget. And then the studio thought, eh, not enough Ben and Jen. Let's cut that down. Let's cuddle that down. So sad. This movie is is fascinating. Um, There's a lot of politically incorrect stuff by today's Mm -hmm. standards that... This movie could never, ever, ever get made now. Never. No. Not this script. No. Um, but that, again, like, to Martin Brest's credit, I do believe that this film, in its purity, whatever that was, probably would have been pretty decent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I said, we need a GoFundMe page independ- independently funded so that he can create the movie he wanted.
0: In defense of Martin Brest... Yes. And then he can do a new Beverly Hills Cop movie with Eddie Murphy, and then it could just kick ass.
1: Yeah. What was... Okay, so Ben Affleck's career... Like, I know Jennifer Lopez, she kind of dabbles in movies, um, but Ben Affleck's career didn't actually recover until, what, The Town? Like, it took that long?
0: Is that true? Is that how long it took? Yeah, so
1: that movie came out in 2003... And yeah. the town came out in 2010, and he like between that time. I think Jersey Girl was one of the movie. I haven't actually seen Jersey Aww. Girl, but um, oh, you haven't seen Jersey Girl? No, is it good?
0: Yeah, it's a classic for sure. Okay, well,
1: Jersey Jersey Girl was 2004, so and then everything else is just kind of from what I I haven't like followed Ben Affleck's career, but I never. Mm-hmm. Ever since Geely, I never heard anything good about him until the town. Mm-hmm. Is is what I feel like. And so I and I feel that was when his career picked up again.
0: Well, and that's true and it's worth noting that this wasn't the only bad thing to happen to Ben Affleck in 2003. We haven't even talked about Daredevil, Daredevil which yeah. came out that same year. Yeah. The, two, and,
1: 2003 seems like um, there were a ton of bad movies, but also a ton of good movies at the same time, which is just really weird.
0: Am I, am I correct in saying that, uh, Dear Devil is when Ben Affleck got together with Jennifer Garner? Is that when they started? Like, was this like a whirlwind year of like Ben Affleck movie romance?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. Jeez
0: Louise.
1: Yeah. So that ex- that's just what sounds exhausting.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, it must be tough to be a celebrity.
2: Just goes to show you how filmmaking is, is, is a lot of it about luck and stuff that you don't control. I literally remember there was a reporter doing like a stand-up, you know what I mean, with his camera. Here I am outside of Gili, as you can see, no one in line for the movie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what is this, hurricane coverage? <laughs>
0: Aaron, do you, do you have a list of anything uh, of other movies that came out in two thousand three? Yes, I do. Okay, so
1: number number one movie that came out, Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Uh, okay, then, <laughs> that's starting on a yeah, good note. Yeah, that yeah, the like probably the number one movie of that year. Uh, Kill Bill Volume One, Pirates mm-hmm. of the Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, Big Fish, School of Rock. Uh, underworld Lost in translation x-men matrix reloaded finding nemo there was a ton of good movies that came out
0: there was a ton of good movies that came out yeah Hmm. so it wasn't like a cursed year or anything there was some great stuff (laughs) yeah it was just everything revolving around ben affleck man it's so wild to me that ben affleck um because I've never, I'm gonna be honest with you, Aaron. I've never been a Ben Affleck fan. I, 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 just don't like him as an actor. I something about him rubs me the wrong way. But I think he's a a great director.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I didn't like his. I didn't necessarily like his turn as Batman. I haven't really liked much that he's been in. But that being said, to his credit, I find it so amazing that he bounced back from this year in particular 2003 mm-hmm. to go on to be an academy award winner and to make a couple of of the better films in the last little while did you this is a total rabbit trail but have you seen the accountant with ben affleck that came out yeah yeah i saw that that's that's that was a good film yeah. he does a really good job in that film i thought um i i was also going to point out that
1: that's why he has the phoenix tattoo on his back because like the phoenix he rose
0: from the ashes is and that? Like, what it, <laughs> I don't know if that's why he has a Phoenix tattoo, but... That uh, tattoo looks pretty atrocious, but if that's yeah. true, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, good on you, pal. Get that Phoenix tattoo, Yeah, it, this
2: it, is... <laughs> it would have been just a bad movie, but a bad movie without any... Like, no one would have cared about it, you know what I mean? Like, Angelina Jolie had a bad movie that year that came out. And nobody cared. But because I was dating Jennifer Lopez, that made it a big f- deal.
0: This is a Hollywood miracle that someone could nosedive that hard and then become uh academy award winner. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was re- reading some trivia and I guess um uh, Kevin Smith likes to tell stories about um uh, like w- because obviously they're good friends from uh what is it clerks and all those other movies, but he just always bugs them about uh bugs him about Geely. Yeah. It's, yeah, and and, say, <laughs> and same with Matt Damon like he it's so it's I find it really funny. That here, here's Ben Affleck, and his buddies just bug him about the most horrible movie that he's ever been in.
2: Geely. It's like the trump card. Yeah. Or we could talk about Goodwill Hunting. We could talk about who did the bulk of the writing. Kind of answer sure. that one. That's a good idea. Or you could learn about things that are actually true, like how incredibly short Matt Damon is. Or the fact that Ben's left eye twitches every time you say the word Geely. We don't Can we cut for a sec? Let's- i'm five ten and a half i mean if you take out northern europe like i'm way above the world average. Okay. congratulations take seven
0: there's tabloid rumors that ben affleck is a, a recovering alcoholic and i wonder if um i i wonder if uh some of the hollywood pressures and this and that yeah it is it, tied to that journey of that struggle i, I really really wonder um He just
1: doesn't seem like he's had a good go of things in the last little while, like probably starting from Geely up until now, because mm -hmm. even all those memes of him uh, when like Batman versus Superman came out and stuff where he's just staring off into space.
0: Yeah, man, we need to do better. You're right. Like we need to realize that Mm -hmm. this guy, he's just trying to do his best. He's just. He's just, you know, he's going to work every day like the rest of us, trying to do the best with the material he's given. I don't think him or Jennifer Lopez or, you know, um, the director, um, Mm -hmm. Martin Brest or Justin Bartha, who played Brian. I don't think any of those people really went to set every day on Geely and were like, let's make the worst movie anyone's ever seen. Yeah you know this is we're talking about studio pressures we're talking about um editing pressures composing pressures everything this is this is not a group of people who got together and said let's you know make a bad movie this is yeah. a bunch of people that got together and 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 had a vision and set out to do it and it just failed miserably <laughs> yeah yeah and i think people should watch it i think people should experienced Gili, if nothing else just for the sheer um challenge of it yeah you know like you didn't get through it in one sitting uh we we barely got through it there were a few times when I completely zoned out and just started googling other things that people in the cast had done like I was pretty disengaged for a lot of it yeah honest with you
1: I don't even remember the whole scene with Christopher Walken in it because I just completely zoned out by that time yeah which is
0: kind of bad but
1: I'm glad I watched it. I will say that.
0: I'm glad I watched it too. It I'm gave, glad I watched it.
1: It gave me a new what am I looking like a new view on bad movies and like a perspective. Uh, yeah, a new perspective. There it is. Um, about actors and how they just invest themselves into a movie. And it's not always gonna be good, but I, I feel that it's their like art form, it's them putting themselves out there. And so as an mm-hmm. audience, I don't think it's fair for us to just completely trash something because this is their this is their job. This is their livelihood. And mm-hmm. so in the end, I feel the least we can do is at least watch the movie.
0: Yeah, I know I spent five bucks on it this weekend. You know, I gave Google Play my, yeah. my $5 to watch it on the old TV. So yeah. hopefully that money's going to Martin Brest right into his bank account. I hope so too. <laughs> I, I actually bought the movie. You bought it.
1: Yeah. I I just decided Uh, that every movie we review Yeah (laughs) every movie we review I'm gonna buy just in support of them because they're all terrible movies.
0: Yeah. It's definitely worth noting. Any of these films that we're watching, we're watching completely legally, spending money watching these films. So I mean, this is an investment, Aaron. This is an investment of time and money to watch these films. And you know, that that 2 hours man that was a long 2 hours but the yeah. things i learned along the way really really changed my perspective on pretty much any any everyone involved in making that film so yeah now the next
1: tough one we have to get through is glitter
0: yeah i haven't seen that one either so that's exciting uh, i like going uh, a lot of these i've seen but um yeah a lot of them it's going to be interesting watching yeah. them with fresh 2019 eyes i think yeah Having, if I watched this in two thousand three, honestly, I don't know how I would have felt about it compared to now, and it's it's it sucks that I'll never know Mm -hmm. because with something like Master of Disguise, I had that perspective, that pre and post. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this, man, this is my twenty nineteen brain watching this. This is like my woke brain watching this. So it's a lot more difficult, you Mm know.
1: Yeah, we're also in a better mindset where we're willing to give these movies a try.
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah, like when the, when when Gili came out, I wasn't even paying taxes yet. Oh, like, so this know. is. <laughs> what was I in grade grade nine? I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, what, what would grade nine me think of this? It would probably just be like, "Wow, JLo's hot." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or just- but now I'm like, but now my 2019 brain, I'm like, "Oh, JLo, what are you doing? Oh yeah. no, this is so <laughs> embarrassing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're wearing two inch heels inside what are you doing (laughs) yeah so bad
1: but so good at the same time
0: yeah well we did it aaron we did gili and um i I don't have anything else really to say about it do you (laughs) uh no no not really i i
1: I feel like (laughs) we, we covered everything on this movie
0: yeah i think so too i think so too i think we'll wrap it up there then um Oh yeah, wait, thanks lem- so much. Oh. Let me say this. Do
1: you yeah, like yeah. bus? Do you like <laughs> mobsters? Do you like uh friendships and overcoming your problems? Because if you do, you're gonna like this movie.
0: Yeah. No. So there. <laughs> thanks so much for listening, you guys. This yeah. has been In Defense of Gili. If you like this podcast. Uh, Please subscribe and we'll keep new content rolling. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.
1: Bye.